Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, how are we doing today, My City Church? Are you guys ready for the Word of God today? Hey, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I would love to. I'll be right out the doors right after service. My name is Eli Nelson, and I am the lead pastor here at My City Church. And uh, it is our goal that we would see Jesus lifted high in this city. And uh, you're part of that. So this is how we do it, though. We come together each and every Sunday. We worship, we glorify God, we reflect on his word, and we go out into the world transformed, all reflecting the name and the light of love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. How many have your Bible this morning? Let me see it. Every time I lift it up, I drop my notes out of there, so I'll just be careful. Hey, it's important to read your Bible. It's important to bring your Bible. I have a great word for you today, so I hope that you're ready. I hope you're ready to receive the word of God today. So open up to Ezekiel chapter 44. As you're opening up there, just want to hit a little bit on this church on the turf next week. This is us stepping into a neighborhood not expecting the neighborhood to come to us, but for us to go to the neighborhood. So it isn't about us just throwing on a block party and having a short service or anything like that. But we actually printed off thousands of invites, and we're going to go door to door into all these neighborhoods throughout Ralston, and we're going to invite people, hey, would you come and be our guests this Sunday, May 22nd at the Ralston football field? We'd love to have you. And uh, it's our goal that as we step into Ralston High School, you know, Ralston Arena was good, but it's our goal that as we step into Ralston High School that we leave it better than how we found it, not just physically, but spiritually. And I'm praying that the presence of God would permeate throughout this whole building, that students that had been struggling with depression, teachers that have been going through difficult times would be able to find just a different, there's just something different now that my city church is here. Now, Jesus is being glorified each and every week. That's my hope as we step into the school. But Ezekiel chapter 44, if you're there, you can read along with me. Ezekiel chapter 44, we have it up there. Maybe if we do right here. All right, perfect. Verse 10, starting the New King James Version. It reads as follows. And the Levites who went far from me, this is God talking through Ezekiel to the people of Israel. He's going to be mentioning two priesthoods, and I want you to keep this in mind. And the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. Remember that word, iniquity. They shall bear their iniquity. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. It's talking about the people. So the priests are able to minister to them, the people. Next verse. Verse 13, and they shall not come near me to minister to me as priest, nor come near any of my holy things, nor in the most holy place. Next verse, nevertheless, I will keep, make them keep charge of the temple for all of its works and for all that has to be done in it. And we continue reading to verse 15, and I'm going to read it right here. But the priests... The Levites, the sons of Zadok, say Zadok, what a sweet name, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to 
me, and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary, and they shall come near my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. Next verse. We only got a few more verses here today. And they shall teach, oh, sorry, go back one more. Sorry, I told you to jump too soon. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers. Some translations say linen underwear. Linen underwear. They shall have linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes them to sweat. And then jump forward into verse 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. Today I'm gonna be talking to you about two different types of priesthoods and out of the title of this message, if you're writing down titles, it may be a little play on words, but write down this title, Underwear in the Bible. What is he gonna be talking about today? Well, I hope that you're ready to receive today because I believe that God has a word for his people today. Underwear in the Bible, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is true, and we pray that it would transform us. God, we thank you that your word says it's sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow, penetrating to our innermost being. So we pray, let that be so today. Father God, I pray that we would leave here seeing you and knowing you above all else. God, more than any method or preference or anything of that sort, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Transform us into the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. God, and we welcome you here today. Speak to us. And right now, church, just open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus this morning. Come on. Come on. It's going to be a good day today. Hey, how many of y'all know that we're called to be certified lovers of God? You believe that? But what does it mean to be a certified lover of God? I'm going to be describing to you two priesthoods that are found in the Old Testament. Two priesthoods. And the first one I'm going to be describing you is a priesthood that followed the lineage of Aaron. Both of these priesthoods, Eli and Zadok, followed the lineage of Aaron. And I'm going to be sharing with you first about the priesthood of Eli. Now, Eli wasn't the best priest in the world. He was a high priest that guarded the things of God. Now, when you think of Eli, you may think, well, the guy with the mic is named Eli as well. Well, hold on a second. My name is Eli, but my full name is Elishan. I'm actually named after the prophet Elisha, not after the high priest Eli. So I get a, I get, a get out on that one. So this was the time of, of Samuel. You can read this in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, about the, the Eli who was the high priest. The Bible talks about his physical characteristics, that he was overweight, he was blind. And notice, when the Bible's ever talking about some kind of physical characteristics in the Old Testament, it's usually a sign of the person's spirituality. Basically, what it is saying about the high priest Eli is that he was consumed with flesh. He was doing the things of God, but he was consumed with flesh. But also, he would not discipline his sons who were sleeping around with other women in the temple, in the church. They were defiling the sacrifices, and his family was a mess. He was doing church stuff while permitting all the immorality within the church. Yet he was still able to do ministry, and his sons were able to still do ministry in the house of God. And if you've been following the church as of recent, the global church, you would have noticed that there have been several scandals over the last few years. 
They've taken place, and what we've seen is that people have been doing ministry before God, but we found out that they have been living in active sin. And first, I want to lay the foundation that there is a difference between falling into sin, falling into sin versus willfully participating in sin. See, falling into sin carries a heart of repentance because it knows that the choices that you have made grieves the heart of God. Willful participation of sin, though, may seem like following into, falling into sin from a distance and can, can be communicated as such, but the inside condition of the heart is not broken before God and just casually dismisses the behavior as part of, hey, I'm living in the world. I want you to know today that God does not take sin lightly, and neither should you. God desires that we are to be holy as he is holy. We know this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. God takes sin seriously. He takes it seriously so much that it costs him his one and only son. And when we blatantly go back into sin with zero disregard for the price that was paid to cover our sin, we spit in the face of the one who hung on the cross to take the penalty for our sin. See, God takes sin seriously, but he also is patient with you. And from what we see with Eli in 1 Samuel is that God gave Eli time to correct his son's behavior and his lack of reverence for the things of God because we know this, he, had, he was able to be in personal sin but it did not stop him from doing ministry. I need you to know this today. Now, this is a good message. So if you think it's coming down really hard, hey, it's all right. You know, it's good. It's a good convicting that God gives us today. Write this down today. That personal sin does not stop ministry. We need to know this because this is as effective in ministry as we could ever get. As a church or as a body of believers, personal sin does not stop ministry. This has been a ministry to many, a mystery to many for who have watched several ministers and pastors with amazing gifts and under a great anointing, and yet privately, privately, they were living in sin. But we know this is possible because Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts of God are without repentance. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Bad sin can be happening, and for, for a season, God will allow that person to function as normal. You may think, well, Pastor Eli, this is, this is a message for priests, and I'm not a priest. Well, I just want to give you a little bit of highlighting of, of what a priest actually represents in the Bible, that this doesn't just apply to priests, but applies to us who are actually priests to God. Did you know that God wanted us all to be priests to begin with? That he desired that all of us were to approach God. All of us were to worship God, were to serve God. And we find this in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6. This is God speaking to the people through Moses. He says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites, not the Levites, to the Israelites. It was in God's original plan that we would all be priests before God. But the people got afraid. And they said, no, 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 no. We're not going to go near God. How about you send someone else? And that's where God said, all right, well, I'm going to send up Aaron. And that's where we get the tribe of Levi from. See, God desires to be with us. God desires to be one with his people beyond performance from his people. 
Let me say that again. God desires to be one with his people beyond the performance from his people. He has called all of us to come near to him. Revelation 1.6 says, and he has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. 1 Peter 2.5 says, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Romans 12.1 talks about offering our bodies as a spiritual act of worship, holy and pleasing to God. We are all worshipers of something. We have all made an idol of something. We are to worship God, but many of us have an idol of this world. I'm not saying that football's bad. Yeah, I went there. I'm not saying football's bad, but when it becomes more important than God, that you miss a, you miss a church service or you don't pray because, well, I, got it, I slept in and now I got to get up and watch the game. When your obsession becomes more, you're more obsessed with something other than God, it is now becoming an idol in your life. Work is not bad, but when, it's more, when you're more obsessed with it than God, it's become an idol in your life. Golf is not bad. All the wives in here say amen. But when it becomes more, you become more obsessed with it than God, it has become an idol in your life. Staying in tune with celebrities and updated on what's going on in the world isn't bad, but when it, you become obsessed with it, it becomes an idol in your life. If you obsess over anything and your desire is to do those things beyond being in the presence of God, you're in danger of creating an idol. Because understand this, you are a priest and you were made to bring glory and honor to something. This isn't a message to priests, this is a message to us who are priests to God. What we find is that there is a difference between someone who discovers that what they have been serving creative things rather than the creator. We find this highlighted in Romans chapter 1 where it talks about God gave them over to their desires to serve created things rather than the creator. But we are called to turn to God. We are called to seek God beyond our fleshy desires. We are all called to deny our flesh, not follow it. But we find ways to justify our fleshly sin. We tend to be on dangerous ground. When we say, well, I, I'm just in the world, which is okay. But I can tell you that God will let you get away with sin for a season. And this is what I feel like I'm meant to tell the church today, is that we're not called to play around with sin. We're not called to play around with, with stepping into this and stepping into that and just blaming it on my fleshly nature. There should be a desire and a thing inside of you that is actually repulsed by sin. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, when crime is not punished quickly, people feel it is safe to do wrong. People feel that it's safe to continue to go in their ways of life, their ways of living. See, when your attitude becomes that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, then you're in trouble. See, sometimes we look at people with great blessing and great anointing. We see great success outwardly, but on the inside, you don't know what's going on on the inside. Maybe you need to go and talk to their spouse. Maybe you need to take a moment and talk to their kids. Can I tell you, only God and you know what's really going on the inside of your heart. God is saying that there are two priesthoods in the house. Write that down, that there are two priesthoods in the house. In the house, there are two priesthoods. 
the priesthood of Eli, but they are far off from God. They're not living right, but God still uses them to let them minister in his house to his people because God loves his people. God will let them minister to the people, but not to him. Let's read this back up. Ezekiel 44, verse 13. What's it say again? It says, and they shall not come near me to minister to me, God says. He will let them minister to them, the people, because God loves his people so much. He will let them sing. He will let them speak. He'll let them serve. He'll let them lead. He'll let them use their gift and work through them because the gift will not return void. What they are singing can be about Jesus. And God can transcend that person's lifestyle and will allow that person to minister to the people because God loves his people so much. And he will even use a donkey to get the word across. He'll even, if you know the story of Balaam, he'll use a donkey to minister to his people. He'll use a whale. He'll use a worm to minister to his people. He'll use anything to get the word out. There are two priesthoods in the house. There is a priesthood of Eli, one that compromises, that says, I can live the way I want to live, and the blessing still works. And as a business person, God can be blessing you so much because he loves you, and many times in spite of your personal sin. So you can be living in sin, and he will keep blessing you, but you cannot come near to him. Let's pick up again, Ezekiel 44, 11. He says, and they shall be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifices for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. Next verse. And they shall not come near me to minister to me as priest, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place, but they shall bear the shame and their abominations which they have committed see my ministry right here on this pulpit can be all about outward performance I can minister to you and you may not have known but I could have gotten drunk last night I could have snorted coke before I got up into the stage now I didn't so you can relax I didn't but you don't really know what's going on on the inside and I don't know what's going on on the inside of you but my point is that you can minister to people and look good on the outside, but you cannot minister to God. And my question to you is this, and this is where we're turning. Do you want a walk that looks religious on the outside, but on the inside you're unclean? Your gift will work for a season, no matter what you're doing, but you will not come near God. See, I want a life that looks good, that enjoys success on the outside, but I also want to be holy before God. And stay away from things that defile me on the inside. I cannot tell how holy you are by how you look. I can see how you sing. I can see how you give. I can see how you attend church. But I cannot see the inside of you. The things of the heart or the things you do in secret. The difference is linen underwear. When God looks into your life, do you have the holiness that he asks for? It's what's underneath that counts. And I actually have some underwear today. I got a men's large, 34, 36. Who needs some underwear today? Ah, oh, underwear in the face. 
Anyone want some underwear? It's clean. Huh? Lift up your hand. Who needs some underwear in this place? Ugh. I should have wrapped it in a, you can hand it out to someone. I got some feminine underwear too. I think it's a four or six or anything like that. That goes to the lady in the back. Matt over here wants some. Here you go, Matt. Oh, there you go. Two more. Who wants some? Oh, that one threw pretty well. And that one didn't. But the idea is the difference between a person that's living right and a person that isn't is on the inside. It's on the inside that counts. Let's go back to Ezekiel 44, 15. Uh, verse 15, sorry. But the priest, the Levites, the son of Zadok, this was the other priesthood that we were talking about, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. They shall come near me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me. I don't know if maybe you've read this verse before, but when I first heard this message, this is a message that I heard that was preached back in 2019. It struck my world. That I can be in the house of God, but never minister before God. And he will let me minister before people, but not come near to him. And he comes and he says, they did not defile themselves when Israel went astray. They can come near me and minister to me. And go to the next verse. They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall come near my table to minister to me and they shall keep my charge. Last verse here. And it shall be whenever they enter the gates, this is where it's at right here, intercourse, they shall put on a linen garment. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates or the intercourse of within the house. Actually, I got one more verse. This is verse 18. And they shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers, the underwear on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that makes them sweat. God didn't want them to sweat. Did you know the curse of man is that you will produce from the fret of, uh, sweat of your brow? And he's saying, I don't want you to wear anything that will make you sweat. God says, I do not want you sweating. I want you to come into my presence, and it is not your ability. It is not your talent. It is your relationship with me that is more important. And you can minister to them more effectively because you have ministered to me. See, nobody knows if you have your underwear on. Nobody knows if you're wearing it. Only God and you know. And that's what God is saying, that only you and God know if you are living a life of holiness. Turn to your neighbor and write this down. I mean, if you feel free to ask this question. But do you have your underwear on? I put you in a weird spot there. Do you have your underwear on? Because only you know. You could be lying through your teeth. Only you know if you have your underwear on. Underwear, underwear doesn't show on external clothing. Only you, know, you and God know if you have it on. It's private. It's personal. It's intentional. It's internal. There are two types of people I am speaking here today. I'm speaking to today. You can have one of two types of relationships with God. And both of you want a relationship with God. Otherwise, you would not be in the house. Now, this is not a salvation issue. This is a set apart for the master's use issue.
You can have two kinds of people in the house, and God will allow you to live your life of unholiness and allow you to minister before the people, but you will not, he will not allow you to minister before him. There are people who come before God and say, God, search me. Let me know if there's any way in me that is unholy to you. Nothing is off limits to God. Not the music I listen to, the movies I watch, the things I say, the things I want to do. Nothing is off limits to God in my life. I will freely take up my cross and follow you. And that person, God is able to prune and set aside as a vessel for noble use. It's not about the outside that counts. 1 Samuel 16 says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If you want to read more about these undergarments, you can just pull up on uh, Exodus chapter 28 where he tells the priests what they're supposed to wear. But I was reading this verse. As I was reading, getting preparing for this message, I felt like God just kept showing me more and more things within the Bible that I hadn't ever seen before. And one of them I want to share with you today is Romans chapter 11, verse 21. And it's talking about the nation of Israel and how God didn't even spare the nation of Israel. It says, for if God did not spare the natural branches, that being the nation of Israel, he will not spare you either. I know this, this can be a little hard, but look at it as like, I want to be a type of person that is fully given over to God. And I don't want to mess with sin. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to keep stepping my foot out there and continuing saying, well, the grace, 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 grace. There has to be a point in your life where you say enough. How long will you meddle in the things that you were never made to meddle in? Verse 22, or sorry, yeah, verse 22. Consider, consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. If you want to be set apart for the master's use, there has to be a willingness to be pruned. Thank God that we are under mercy and grace, how gracious God is. That is also why we see people who have great ministries, though, and great things that are going on, but inwardly they are living in sin. And God shows his mercy by withholding judgment and will give them another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance, but they are not allowed to minister unto him, to come unto him. I cannot tell how successful you are by how big your ministry is, your business is. I can't tell who you really are. Because write this down, it is possible to function in your gift and do remarkable things and not be intimate with God. It is possible to function in your gift and not be intimate with God. And the truth is that God says both are in my house. Just because we're good or where good things are happening does not mean that it is pure and ministers before God. But I can tell you that I want to minister before him. And I want this house to be a house that ministers before him. Right now, we have both kinds of priesthoods at My City Church. We have both kinds here serving the Lord. There are those that are serving coffee, hosting the seats, parking cars, developing the kids, sewing into the kids, singing the songs, playing the instruments, preaching, teaching, leading groups. Two kinds of priesthoods. Both serve the Lord, both minister to the people, but one gets intimacy with God and the other doesn't. 
One is accepted by God, the other is kept at arm's length. The decision is not God's, it's yours. The difference is linen underwear, that which cannot be seen. It is not what is going on in their public life, it is what is going on in their private life that really matters. And if you keep playing with fire, eventually you will get burned. And God will replace you with someone else in the walk that you were taking because you weren't taking it seriously. Saul had no idea that David was in his house singing to him, being brought up to replace him. Pharaoh had no idea why Moses was eating at his table, that Moses was being brought up to free the people because Pharaoh was treating them harshly. Pharaoh had no idea. The Pharisees and the Sadducees had no idea in their beautiful black robes, the fasting in public and the praying in public, that they were being replaced by a scrawny Galilean dude by the name of Jesus, saying, you're missing it. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. You are either of the priesthood of Eli or the priesthood of Zadok, which can come near to God. Eli is ministering, and God is not in a hurry. He is long-suffering. He will let you go on and on. Eli is ministering, and his boys are corrupt, immoral, dishonest, in the house, looking at pornography on the Internet, sleeping around, doing drugs, getting high, smoking cigarettes. I shouldn't have said that, though. I got all you guys mad at me. But when it comes to it, don't we just want it all out of God? Like, don't we just want it all out of our bodies? Is there anything in our life that is off limits to God? Is there anything that is off limits to God? Tell you what, though. I'm looking at a heart of a person, and I'd much rather have someone who smokes than someone who slanders. I would much rather have someone who smokes than someone that goes around and gossips and talking bad about another person and destroying the house of God from the inside. I understand that people don't always get it right. Neither do I. I can work with someone who wants to do good, who doesn't always get it right, than a person who has grown contempt to the holiness before God and does not take sin seriously and how it grieves the heart of God. I can work with someone who knows that when they mess up and wants to do right, and God knows the difference between a person who knows what is wrong but continues in their wickedness, claiming grace covers their sin, but they spit on the cross and make a mockery of Christ. But to be a person who wants to do right and falls is different than a person who treats God's grace with contempt. I am not perfect. I'm not even close to being perfect. So please hear me out. This isn't a righteous thou or anything of that sort. I'm not even close to being perfect, but I want to be. I want to abstain from things that break God's heart. I don't want to step, I don't want to watch that movie just because other people want to watch it. If I know it grieves the heart of God, I don't want to step into that place if I know it grieves the heart of God. I don't want to partake in that friendship if I know we're doing immoral things because I know it grieves the heart of God. Because God is my standard, not people. What I'm saying is as a church, as my city church, we have got to approach our relationship with God knowing that we want to please God rather than man. That's why I have to try to pray a lot. There's many times when I forget to pray and I don't pray. That's why I want to read the Bible a lot. That's why I worship a lot. Because I want to be like Jesus. 
I don't want to walk in my rights as a human being that are granted me by the Constitution necessarily. I want to be like Jesus. He's my model. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be with Jesus, not for what he can give me, but for who he is. I don't want to worship God for his presence because I'm not worshiping God for what he can give me. And many confuse his presence with his pleasure. But can I just debunk that real quick? That his reign falls on the just and the unjust. And just because you feel his presence does not mean that he is pleased. We say it all the time, even to unbelievers. You feel that? That's the presence of God. Because God will bless people with his presence. And I love his presence. I need his presence. But I also want his pleasure. I also want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Just because you feel his presence does not mean that he takes pleasure in your lifestyle. It is by his grace that he gives you his presence. And so this is my last point that I have, and I've got a few more verses to share with you. But do you worship him for what he can give you or for who he is? Now, I'm all for, I, I want the presence of God. But what if I don't feel the presence of God? Does that mean that I'm living and maybe moving around that it doesn't work? I don't know. But what if I don't feel his presence? Does that mean I'm living in sin? Can I, can I, can I graduate you just for a little bit? Okay. There's something that changed my life, and it was this perspective of, of thankfulness before God. And this isn't in my notes, and I feel like it's pertinent to share with you right now, is that Moses and the people of God, when they received the manna, they were instructed by Moses to thank God for the food. It says, when you have gone into the land, and you have eaten, you are satisfied, thank the Lord for the land that he has given you. It says, thank the Lord for what he has given you. I think that's a very wise thing to do, to thank God for the good things. But can I tell you, that's elementary. That's introductory faith. But then there's another man by the day, name of David. He said, even though I walk through the valley, I know you're with me. He didn't say, I feel you with me. He said, no, I know. Because if we are faithless, I know that he is faithful. I know that he is faithful, even if we are faithless. So here's another level of maturity. That it doesn't always have to go well with me to know that God is with me. That I don't have to think of, well, everything's going wrong. God must have abandoned me. I don't feel God. No, 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 no. I know I'm his child. Now, if you're actively living in sin, then yeah, maybe you could, uh, yeah, maybe he has stepped back a little bit. Or maybe you walked away from him. But if you're living a holy life and you're, it is in your hardest of hearts, it says, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And you have a pure heart to seek before God and to seek God's face, then you can know that he's with you. Because he won't ever leave you or forsake you. And that's like, I would say that's like high school faith. But then there's like doctorate faith. 
And it's Paul, who doesn't thank God for what he's given him, who doesn't acknowledge God that even when he's in the valley and saying, I know that God's with me, but he actually thanks God in spite of. He says, what's the matter? Because I know all these things that have happened to me have advanced the gospel. That God can use even the bad things that happen. And say, what does it matter? So I don't seek God for what he can give me. I seek him because as a priest of God, I am called to be holy before him and to serve him above all other things. I don't seek him for what he can give me. I don't even seek him. Now, I love his presence. Don't get me wrong. This may be heretical to some people. I love his presence. I would be heartstruck if he removed his presence from me. David said, don't take your spirit from me. But in my hardest of hearts, I know that even if I don't feel him near, I know that he's near. And God can use even the tough times, even the bad times for his good and his purposes. So do you seek God for what he can give you? or for who he is. And a good indicator of what kind of priest you are is if your desire, if you desire his blessing more than you desire him. As a church, we can't desire what he gives. That's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. But when we become more in love with the gift and the giver, how many parents we got in here? Your parent, raise your hand. You give those gifts to your kids on Christmas, you're pumped to give them that gift. You're ecstatic. And when they turn around and they say, thank you, not for what you can give, you know how that makes you feel? I just want to give you some more. What else you want? The Xbox now? And so it's very similar with God. To be used by God is a precious thing. Treasure it. Guard it. Do not play with talent. Do not play with the anointing. Do not play with gifting. Do not play with God's pleasure and his success that he's given you. I'm not saying that you're not going to go to heaven, but you can lose his favor. And there is a difference between an Eli priesthood and a Zadok priesthood that can minister to God, who can come and be with God. Two priesthoods. There are singers, leaders, business people that can minister to people but will not minister to God. And if you're going to minister to God to be used mightily by God in the gifting he gave you in life, you have got to have a heart that cleanses yourself. And this is kind of the capstone verse that I want to share with you. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, everyone say, this is a great house. That didn't sound very convincing. In my city church, but in a great house, say, this is a great house. This is a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel 
for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. If anyone cleanses himself, that means that you have a choice. To be a vessel of honor, you have to depart from iniquity, cleanse yourself, and then you will be a vessel of honor. It's not God's choice, it's yours. And then he goes on, he says, flee from youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Would you stand to your feet? Paul's telling to Timothy, he says, check yourself, Timothy. Cleanse yourself. If you want to be used by God, you have got to get real with yourself and turn away from things that are defiling you. If any one person in this area sees themselves as a vessel of dishonor in some areas, they are always able to come before God and say, God, cleanse me. Take everything out of me that is not of you. Turn yourself away from youthful lust and towards God. And we will be a church of honor before God. Not perfect people, but people who are after God. Not happy with anything that is not of God. The difference between grace and mercy is grace is giving you something that you don't deserve. And mercy is withholding something that you do deserve. And I want to thank God not just for his grace, but also for his mercy. Because how many of you all fall short sometimes? Nearly every hand. We all fall short sometimes. And I want to thank God for his mercy. Let's cleanse ourselves this morning. We're saved, but are we really drawing near to God? Or is it just outward on a Sunday? Eli versus Zadok. You have a choice of who you want to be. I want to share with you one last verse of, a, of, of, of when I feel myself drifting far from God and I feel myself going down this path. This is a verse that I always go back to. And it's Psalm 139. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. We can be led away by our own desires, our own hearts. That's why we always got to be going back to God and say, God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Can I tell you, I want a heart, I want a church that not only do we minister to people, but out of a pure heart, we are able to stand before God and minister before God. Do you want to be a person that ministers before God today? I can't tell if you are or not because it's underwear. It's your underwear. Only you and God know. But the best way to minister before God is to lay it all out before God and say, God, search me. Let me know. And as he lets you know, you repent from it and you turn towards God this morning. How's that song go? It's the last song. It says, worthy. Wor yeah, you're worthy of it all. Dale. Amen. I couldn't hit that note. He's got it right there. Go ahead. Lead it, lead it. Let's, let's, let's lead the church in this here. He's worthy of all of you today. Every part. Nothing's off limits to God. Because you are worthy, God. You are worthy of it all.
Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.